beautiful and welcome to In Tune With Yourself. I'm your host, Ashley, and thank you for being here today. I thought it would be a good idea to share something that I have been working on. Um, A lot of people tend to struggle with self-care, and maybe they feel that self-care is this extravagant thing that you have to go get pampered all the time and send a whole bunch of money and It's not actually what that is. I mean, that's a piece of it. That's an option. um, But that's not the whole thing. And I have been really struggling with being consistent on my self-care and as well being kind to myself. Um, I've been struggling the last little bit. And that's why you haven't really seen too much from me in regards to my episodes. And I'm trying to get back on track. Um, Just being authentic with you guys. Life is not perfect. We all have bad days. Um, And it's okay to not be okay. Uh, But today I wanted to share um, a reading from a book that I received from one of my good friends. She has been helping me through a lot of things and she's been one of my longest friends and she sent me this little package kind of like a pick-me-up and in it was something called the little book of self-care and it's by Susie reading and I'm just gonna read from the book this is not my content I just thought what she said in the book is really uh, relevant and It explains a lot of things, so I'm going to read it to you today, and hopefully it will help you have another outlook on self-care because I always struggled with what it was. I always thought it had to be this whole thing, and it really doesn't. So I'm going to read this to you, and hopefully it will resonate with you. Okay, here we go, and just a reminder, it's called The Little Book of Self-Care by Susie Reading. It is not my content. Is it really okay to look after myself? We've all heard of self-care and our heads nod in agreement when we talk of its importance, but in truth, self-care isn't always easy. As a concept, it's still a bit misunderstood, and in practice, many people feel it's inaccessible or that they're failing at it. What we all need to make self-care happen is a practical definition and a broad toolkit from which to draw. Stick with me. I know how full life is. My aim in this book is to empower you by clarifying what self-care really is and offering a selection of tried and tested soothing practices that are both potent and doable. In the years since self-care explored into center stage, there have been all sorts of reactions. Check out the media and you'll find some interesting commentary. It's just a fad. It's narcissism or it's well-being gone mad. On a personal level, there is the chorus of voices saying, I don't have time, I don't have the energy, or I don't have the spare cash. I don't know if any of you can relate, but that's how I was feeling too. And the most tedious theme ringing through is guilt. I hear you. Rest assured we all address all these misconceptions and genuine barriers. In fact, when we look closely at what self-care is, when we broaden the concept of what constitutes a nourishing practice and see the true benefits, All these barriers drop away in an instant. You will see how self-care can be the best preventative medicine. As a practice, self-care can feel confusing and there are good reasons for it. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. That one person finds soothing might not be a tonic for 
someone else, and even our own needs and resources naturally change over time. What I see in my consulting room as a psychologist and from my own life experience is that the time when we need self-care the most is when it drops away. We don't have the same time, energy, and resources available to us during periods of stress, loss, and change. And in that state of overwhelm, we don't have the resourcefulness or creativity to come up with something else. We need a different toolkit when life squeezes us and we need it spelled out because it's hard to put our finger on something nourishing when we're fried. If you're feeling this way, you just need a selection of soothing practices and that's exactly what you'll find in this book. What is self-care? Simply put, self-care is nourishment for the head and the heart and the body. My definition has two parts. Firstly, I always say that self-care is health care because without our health, what do we have? By health, we are referring to physical health, emotional health, energetic health, and mental health. If it's okay to brush your teeth and hit the gym, it is equally okay to give yourself permission to stop, rest, and top up your energy bank. I urge you to take a look at your self-care practices and make sure there is something in there for every aspect of your well-being, mind, and body. You'll find a wide selection of different practices in this book, some meditative in nature, some using movement, others that harness the mind in a variety of constructive ways. Flip through what you need a moment of nurturing and you will find something that resonates. Every day will be different. Please don't equate self-care with pampering. It can be pampering, but it is not limited to luxurious practices. Sometimes a restorative act is just what you need. In other moments, the true act of self-care can be the last thing you actually feel like doing. Something that challenges you or requires you to step up, like sitting to meditate when your mind is whirling or you're heading out for that jog when the sofa is calling to you. To make it easier to get clear on self-care, there is a second part to my definition. Self-care is health care, nourishing you in the moment and nourishing the person you are becoming. If you're not sure, ask your future self. There is great wisdom to be mined there. The manner of asking will vary from person to person and for you from moment to moment, but this definition and a broad toolkit will serve you well. For those wondering where self-care has come from, let's be honest. There is nothing new about many self-care practices like healthy eating, getting decent sleep, or breathing. And as a term, it has been around for decades. It was originally used in the context of workers in high-risk or stressful professions needing to look after themselves so that they could sustain their, their caregiving roles. More recently, interest has been driven by research in positive psychology, the study of what makes life worth living and of the building blocks of well-being. It is also r- rising to the fore because as a society, we are talking more openly about mental health. Self-care is so much more than a fad. What are the benefits of self-care? Self-care helps us cope in the moment. Whether we're feeling overwhelmed, tired, hangry, we have to rise to meet a work challenge, or we are digging deep to meet our children's needs. Self-care helps us navigate these experiences with a sense of calmness, poise, and purpose. After periods of stress, loss, conflict, or change, self-care can put us back together. We all need a toolkit to help us restore, replenish, and heal because no one is immune from these experiences. 
Engaging in proactive self-care helps to boost our resilience, providing us with a protective buffer against future challenges. Just like a car needs fuel to move, we need energy to get through the day, and the greater the reserves in our energy bank, the more effective we are. An active self-care is like a deposit in our energy bank, and we need a healthy balance because it's not just crisis and illness that depletes us. Things we desperately want, like promotions, having kids, getting married, buying or renovating a house, or just planning a holiday, have an energetic tax on us too. Self-care allows us to give, to keep giving and keep going. Energetic bankruptcy serves nobody. And last but not least, self-care gives us access to our best selves. Think of any goal or quality you aspire to possess. You are more likely to achieve it when you are well-nourished. Self-care helps us become kinder, more compassionate people, and this benefits everyone our lives touch. This is the win-win that can put guilt back in its place. How do we do self-care? The Vitality Wheel. A framework or set of categories can help bring self-care to life, making it easy to pin down an accessible, soothing practice when we need it the most. I created the Vitality Wheel, which is informed by positive psychology, cognitive behavior therapy, mindfulness, acceptance and commitment therapy, yoga philosophy, and many decade and many decade working as a professional trainer and health coach for this purpose. The Vitality Wheel shows you eight different ways in which you can nourish yourself and top up your energy bank balance. Looking at the wheel, you will open your eyes to different options, helping you choose something of resonance and circumvent confusion and indecision. It is far more effective than trying to scroll through your mind when you are feeling under pressure. So there are eight um, sections on this wheel. Um, number one is sleep, rest, relaxation, and breathing. Number two is movement and nutrition. Number three is coping skills. Number four, your physical environment. Five, social connections. Six, mood boosters, seven, goal setting and accomplishment, and eight, values and purpose. Making self-care happen. Micro moments of nourishment. Self-care didn't involve large investments of time. Take the micro moments of nourishment approach and dot them through your day. 60 seconds of being with the breath, savoring the scent of your morning coffee, repeating a mantra to cultivate how you want to feel, a few minutes to unwind at your desk, 10 minutes of soothing yoga or journaling before you go to bed. The practices in this book are potent stress busters and will change the quality of your life just like hitting the reboot button. Everyday actions into self-care. Becoming skilled in the art of mindfulness, curiosity, kindness, compassion and savory and this will transform the lens through which you see the world in this way we imbue everyday actions with a feeling of tenderness and care what are you already doing that you can make more nourishing the way you greet the day the way in which you dress yourself how you shower how you eat your meals the way you talk to yourself there are all things we can turn into a ritual of nourishment with awareness and choice Mindful downtime. Too often, we fritter away precious spare moments by scrolling on our phones, overthinking, or mindless busyness. Make the most of our downtime and use the vitality wheel to choose something truly nourishing. Connect with how you're feeling right now, how you'd like your future self to be, 
and take loving action. Make an appointment with yourself. We book our car in for service without guilt. Similarly, schedule time in for you. If self-care is constantly getting bumped, carve out time in the diary and make it a non-negotiable. There's a rare, there rarely is a good time. We need to make time. Whether it is an art class, a session with your osteopath, or planning a date night to feed your relationship, give your nourishment the priority it deserves, and book it in. Proactive self-care is better than simmering resentment, potential burnout, and enforced rest through sickness. Making self-care a habit. If you find it hard to remember self-care, piggyback existing habits with an act of self-care. Every time you drink a glass of water, take the opportunity to stand tall, relax your shoulders, and enjoy five deep breaths. Pair another self-care activity to toilet breaks, like using hand wash with a scent you love. While you're waiting for the kettle to boil, take a yoga pose. This is how we build the self-care habit. Keep it evolving to maximize effectiveness. So in this journal, sorry, in this book, there's 30 different options of um, suggestions to do. There's the first two I want to read to you because I think that they're really good. Um, so the first one is create a self-care journal. A great way to start your self-care journey is with a journal to record your ideas, inspiration, and experiences. The act of journaling is a self-care activity in itself. And reading back through previous entries is such a simple mood booster. To begin the practice, seek out a journal you love the look and feel of, something you feel drawn to picking up and leafing through. This is the place to keep all your goals and insights relating to your well-being. Keep a copy of the Vitality Wheel in it for easy reference. Set the intention to keep this journal as a place for positivity. Writing about challenging experiences can be a very effective way to vent and process our feelings, but to maximize the cathartic benefits, it is best to jot them down on a spare piece of paper and then relish ripping it up and tossing it away. Positive journaling is writing about uplifting experiences such as moments of awe, hope, joy, growth, and gratitude. I like to think of my journal as a happy memory bank. To help you wholeheartedly commit to the practice of self-care, brainstorm in your journal the why of self-care by reflecting on the following points. Number one, describe yourself when you are well-nourished and topped up with energy. What does this facilitate in your life? What does this allow you to do or be? Number two, describe yourself when you are depleted, empty, or fatigued. How does this affect your life and the people around you? Number three, write out a few statements of why you personally want to commit to taking better care of yourself, for you and anyone your life touches. Turn to your self-care journal on a regular basis and ask yourself, what do I need today? Use the wheel, this book, and previous entries in your self-care journal to, to inspire you with life-giving action. The second one, which is something that I've kind of learned along the way, that being grounded and connecting with ground is really important um, and this one is greet your feet touch can be deeply healing and the self-massage and the soothing practice helps to relieve tension reconnects you with your feet and helps you feel grounded in the earth find a comfortable seat barefoot preferably outside in nature's beauty take a moment to look at your feet when was the last time you really studied them with curiosity or extended a feeling of tenderness towards them so often they are covered up to just things at the end of our legs are worse, disliked, 
Marvel at our incredible structure, 26 bones in our foot, and feel a sense of appreciation for what they allow you to do. Observe the appearance of your feet, in particular the color of the skin. Notice how they feel from within, and before you touch them, give your toes a little wiggle, feeling their dexterity. Do they all move? Can you move your little toes independently of the others? If you wish, stand up and notice how it feels to be standing the sensation of the earth beneath your feet. Once seated again, curl up, cradling one foot towards you and rubbing the whole surface area of the sole of your foot with your thumb, starting at the inner heel, along the instep, and out through the neck of the big toe. Continue with the middle of your heel, through the middle of the sole of your foot, and out through each toe. Finish with the outer heel, outer edge of your foot, and through the little toe. Next, squeeze your entire foot, top and bottom, firmly with both hands. Start with the toes and work towards your heel and ankle. Finish the massage practice with a pitter-patter of your hands across the sole of your foot and then the top. Now stretch both legs out in front of you and observe the difference between your feet. The color, temperature, circulation, dexterity, and feeling of control and connection. Feel how this practice helps you reclaim your feet. Balance things out by repeating the sequence on the other foot, and once complete, come back to standing to feel a greater connection with your body, securing it in your grounding. Sometimes I think reading these books and having like just something so simple as looking at your feet and massaging them, because really, do we give our feet enough love? Because I know I don't. I used to wear heels for work, and I never massaged my feet and they definitely hurt after wearing those heels and our feet do so much for us and I think sometimes we just need to give them a little bit more gratitude and and give them a little extra love so they can keep going for us but that's all that I really wanted to share today was that self-care doesn't have to be difficult it doesn't have to be time consuming it doesn't have to be expensive If you have a way to come up with your ideas of what you can do in in a tough time or when you're down, um, write them down as it said in the book because when we're in the moment, sometimes we can't remember what we have in our toolbox. Sometimes we just blank. Um, But hopefully that helped because I know sometimes self-care seems like this big extravagant thing that we just don't have time for. But really, it's as simple as taking a couple breaths, saying some nice things to ourselves. It doesn't have to take long. I hope this was helpful. And if you have any questions or if you want any more ideas from the book um, for things to do, let me know. Connect with me. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'll put my handle below. And yeah, I hope that this is helpful. And best of luck for all your self-care journeys. Mm -hmm.